name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Good Day for a Movie Podcast. I'm Jacob. Joined alongside me, as always, Tate and Sage. What's up? Howdy. And we are also Good joined. Good morning. Because... Sorry. <laughs> yes, we are. We are recording this in the morning, um, which is very rare for us. Usually, it's late at night. Um, <laughs> so, just a curveball thrown my way because I'm not the biggest morning person in the world. Usually, we're goblins. If I'm getting up for like golf or like fishing. No problem. Like, fun things. If I'm going to be drinking within an hour of getting up, I'm totally fine with getting up. <laughs> if I'm skiing, that's it. Other than that, it's pretty tough. <laughs> um, well, because of the movie pick, which we'll get to in a second, we had to bring Garrison Rifen back on. Garrison, thanks for coming on. No, thank you for having me. Uh, if you know anything about me, I convinced uh, a different podcast, all three of those hosts, to watch uh, Memories of Murder at one point, and they brought me on an episode to tell me about how much they loved it. So I'm interested to see how this one goes. <laughs> there wasn't you didn't even have to do any convincing here. Tate just yeah, I know Tate just randomly picked it. That <laughs> yeah. was hilarious. I I really don't know where. I think yeah, it was just like a uh, the movie theater by me, like the artsy theater was playing it, and I just looked at it and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And then it's just kind of sat in my list for a little while. So yeah, it was a random pick, but right off the bat, Jacob said that you are a big fan of this movie, so I'm glad you're here. Jacob, I have a funny little tidbit. Sage has seen this movie before. Uh, wrong movie. Wow. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> I thought I did. It's, uh, yeah. When I, I told Sage, because remember, he dipped out before we announced it last time. <laughs> so when I saw him in person and told him, he was like, oh, I've seen that movie down in New Zealand. It's another <laughs> movie with the same actor, and he plays a detective, um, but he... It, it's a different story. It, it, it was weird. It was Tay was like, "Yeah, it's that guy from Parasite." I was like, "Uh huh." And he was like, "It's a murder movie." And I was like, "Uh huh." And I was like, "Women?" And he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Seen it?" But <laughs> I guess he's been in another movie that has a very similar uh, ordeal. I guess it's probably the best way to put it. So now I've seen two movies with him uh, investigating Three, murders Parasite. of women. Oh, okay. Sorry. Investigating murders of women. So <laughs> nice. Um... Yeah, I mean, this I've seen Parasite and I've seen um, Snowpiercer, which Bong Joon Ho directed both, and he's in both. Yeah. The, um, the other one oh, that. Who is he? What? The actor? No, the director. Oh, sorry. Bong Joon Ho uh, is it? Blacked out. Bong. Yeah. <laughs> What's the director's name? I, Bong Joon Ho. Bong Joon Ho. Okay. He, so yeah, he won for Parasite. Um, yep. One best picture, one best uh, director. Mm. Yeah. Best, I think, screenplay as well. The other movie so. that I watched called Broker recently, which we didn't review. I just kind of watched it. Oh, wait, not what is a broker? Like um, a banker, like broker type of deal? No, it was about like babies. Yeah. Um, but oh. I think it's the main, same main guy. Yeah, it's Song, it's Song King Ho. Yeah. But was it Bong Joon Ho that did it? No, it was. Um, oh, okay. Oh. That's what I was wondering. Uh, Hirokazu Korida. 
Yes, okay. and he is a. I think he's a Japanese director. Mm. But that was a pretty. That was all, all Korean cast, right? Yeah. The broker. I, I thought it was told as, or I thought it was <clears throat> yeah. advertised as a Korean film. It is. It is. Here, Kozo was born in Tokyo. Yeah, he is a Japanese director, but okay. um, he's very big in Asia. Yeah. So that was the other movie that I've seen with this actor. Um, so I've seen a few okay. things by him, um, and he's solid. But yeah, I, I was excited going into this. Yeah, for sure. Where were, uh, Jacob, well, what were the, your, uh, or Sage, or Garrison, what were your thoughts before you ever watched it? I was going to say real quick, the, the movie is Memories of Murder, directed by Bong Joon-ho from 2003. Right. In a small Korean <laughs> province in 1986, two detectives struggle with the case of multiple young women being found raped and murdered by an unknown culprit. Um, and like we were referencing, starring Song Kang-ho. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- this movie was largely hyped for me um, because of Garrison. Like, <laughs> there, there was like a good, like, few months there probably a year or two ago where like every time garrison was like being recorded into a microphone he was talking about this movie <laughs> which is not entirely my fault i kept getting invited to kind of talk about it right. sort of yeah. on the deuce cast movie show and you know when we would talk about different subjects and stuff like that too and it would kind of come back around to it but yeah i discovered this film uh i'm a huge fan of david fincher's zodiac it's one of my favorite films of all time. And I literally one day was just like, what's a movie like Zodiac? And I mean, you know, like you're to do nowadays, you just go to Google and type in movies like Zodiac. And you look at a list of movies and Memories of Murder is one of the movies on the, a bunch of those lists. Hmm. And uh, so that just immediately piqued my interest. I saw it was streaming on Amazon Prime in 2018. Uh, I clicked play. In October 13th, 2018, I looked up the date a second ago, so that's not off the top of my head. But <laughs> Was it a Friday the 13th? Uh, yeah, I, it may have been. I don't know. Uh, but it was during, yeah, I don't remember when it was. Was it raining? It, it may have been. It definitely felt like it you was. You are wearing I red. My, I have my headphones <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing red. I had my headphones on during it, and I was blown away uh, watching it for the first time in 2018. Uh, to the point that I kind of like, I started recommending it to other people because I didn't really have anybody to talk uh, with it about, you know, to it about. And uh, then it got pulled off of Amazon Prime in November of 2019. And like, uh, there was the weirdest moment because you couldn't find it anywhere after that point. Like, and Bong was about to win his Oscar and he wins his Oscar and you couldn't find it anywhere. Wow. And I was like, what is going on? Uh, I later found out that Criterion uh, got the rights to the Blu-ray, and I mm. think uh, because they got the rights, the streaming rights got pulled from Amazon, and and they eventually came out with their Blu-ray, and it's great. But yeah, for like six months there, it wasn't streaming anymore, and you couldn't buy it, uh, like rent it to stream or anything like that. And so when I was at, it was about the time that I was telling people, hey, you should watch this, and <laughs> then they were like, hey, I can't watch this. <laughs> uh, and so I actually went out and kind of... Uh, through my own uh, sources, I bought the Korean Blu-ray of the film. Ooh. Uh, I bought the American DVD of the film that came out in 05. Uh, and I also bought this 4K restoration from France. And Ooh. I took all these sources and comboed them together and made my own Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> I just printed myself what? on a disc that's, uh, that's right here. I can uh, see this... why Jacob invited you. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. I told you. This is uh, becoming very clear to me. I, this became an obsessive project, maybe a little too obsessive. Um, very cool. <laughs> to the point that I, I took this um, transfer, this 4K transfer, the French transfer didn't have any English subtitles, so I'd take them from 
the American and Korean sources and then sync them up with the French film. And then when I was syncing them up, I was watching both the American DVD and the Korean Blu-ray and going, oh, my goodness, the subtitles are different in certain places. Whoa. It, are, it is saying slightly different things. Not enough that like you, you, you can understand what they're saying and you can understand that they're very similar. But then I went and I went, OK, I need to know what these are exactly saying because they're saying just slightly different. So you things went here. and learned Korean. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wish. <laughs> I went to Fiverr. <laughs> I tried to find the best uh, Korean translator that was legit uh, that I could find. And I had him actually translate a couple clips for me. And uh, and so I created kind of my own subtitle track for the film where it's got his stuff inserted with the half American, half Korean Blu-ray stuff, the stuff that works the best to me. Um, and I didn't watch it that way in, in prep for this. I watched it the way you guys watched it. Um how do I get it's one very, of Garrison's copies? <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. There's just a couple of lines. I it, There's two specific lines I had retranslated, which is um, they're having a discussion at one point. I, I don't want to take over this too long. No, that's but, okay. Uh, one of the, the DVDs says something like um, they're, they're having a conversation uh, when they're searching for the body, and the two guys don't believe that they're going to find that girl's body in the, the reed fields. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about college. And spending four years in college. Well, the American DVD says, uh, I spent four, shit, I spent four years in college. Uh, or sh- uh, sorry, shit, four years. I spent four years in high school. And then the Blu-ray said, shit, four years. I spent four years in ninth grade. That's the one that's on the, the stream. Mm, yeah. I spent four years in ninth grade. Um, well, uh, it's really the accurate translation of that was more the American DVD, which was, uh, but the guy gave me back a uh, four-year college. I went to high school for four years. Shit. He's basically lamenting the fact that he'd have to spend another four years in college uh, instead of making him seem like a, a, look, he is kind of dumb in the film, but inst- <laughs> it's making him seem even dumber by saying, yeah. <laughs> I spent four years in one grade. Yeah. Uh, huh. And the other line that I thought was interesting uh, was when they were having the interrogation with the second suspect, who I call the pervert. Um, and they're making him say these things into the recorder. He's talking about the him raping the woman uh, right before he does. Uh, him seeing the flashlight, I think he talks about in the subtitle track, maybe. Or no, no, he talks about the flashes of lightning in the, mm-hmm. the streaming mm-hmm. subtitles. The accurate translation to that is the flashlight flickering. Um huh. But it doesn't uh-huh. really matter that much. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting because the DVD, uh, the DVD brings up uh, the flashes of lightning, and the other one talks about flashlight, but doesn't talk about it flickering because he's clearly going making flickering sounds during the scene. Um, so mm. yeah, that was my long-winded journey that ended in <laughs> January 2020, uh, in which I now have my own Blu-ray that I've shown to friends. At my house. <laughs> I think you need to meet Bong Joon-ho and tell him all of the yeah. work that you've done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I also tried to sync up the English dub from the American DVD. That did not work very well. And I, who needs a dub? It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Dubs are. Yeah. Dubs are it's, it, oh, it's terrible. But I, I kind of wanted to preserve it. But it's whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, so how did, Sage, how did you learn about the film, Sage? <laughs> hmm? what, were how you did... excited about it? When did you find out that you hadn't seen this? Are we pre-break or post-break? We're pre Pre-break. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I just rolled into it. I've been too busy. I get that. To think about things. No, so but at what nice point did you realize it's not the movie you've seen? Oh, pretty quickly. Because in the movie I saw, um, it was wintertime. Mm. So yeah. what movie did you see back in New Zealand? Women. Figured it out. Did you just say women? 
No, I don't know what the name of it is. He just said no, it was, he was a, saying that the victims were women. Yeah, he's saying it's basically oh, the same movie, well, but he, not. Bong Joon Ho did a movie called that, didn't he? Mother. Oh, that's that doesn't right. Star Song Kang Ho. Okay, dang it! One I knew there was some female generic name that he did. Sage, Mother. I don't, I don't think you watched a Korean film in New Zealand about murder. I think you had a it's dream. Possible. <laughs> it's possible. I'm racist, and there was some other guy that just looks like. <laughs> LOL. And with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll see you on the other side. Oh, it's hard to know. What? What's up? もう 6 bucks. Sage on the tickets that I bought. Why didn't you win 6 billion or whatever it was? Well, somebody <laughs> already won the 2 billion. Yeah, an hour away from me. Yeah, they're from Florida. Yeah. They uh That's crazy. That's a lot of money. I tried to mm-hmm. go. I was with Sage and my grandma and I was like telling them about cuz so get this when I was on my road trip, I just saw that the Mega Millions I heard in a podcast that it was at like 1. Point something billion and I was like, "Fuck it, I've never bought a lot of ticket." And so we were in Montana and I bought one. And the drawing was for like <clears throat> that uh, Tuesday or Friday. And um, I've totally forgot that I had the ticket. And then when I like look back at the drawing, it was just like no winners. And I was like, damn, well, because I lost my ticket like somewhere on the road. Mm. So I was like, fuck, I lost it. But it said no winners. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. Um, and then when it got up to two billion, I was with my grandma and my brother. I was like, yeah, the drawings tonight. I'm going to go buy some like I'm going to go buy a couple more tickets. And um, I went and bought tickets 30 minutes before the drawing. But I guess there's some sort of cutoff. I don't know when it is, but for that drawing of that night, because then when, after I bought the tickets, I looked at it and it was like for the drawing that was yesterday for Friday. So it wasn't even, I didn't even have a chance at the, and then somebody mm. won the 2 billion. So I think now the pot's like 20 million, Sage, or like, mm. which still, you know, 20 million, 
dumb chump change. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I, I work at a bank, and one of our customers won like a million something dollars. Yeah, uh, you can even that, if you get like four numbers, you get like a million bucks. Yeah, Dang. and he put it like he got the one time payout or whatever, and put it straight in his account. And that's yeah. awesome. Now he's the luckiest dude alive. He keeps coming into our bank like I just won four thousand dollars in Vegas. Here you go. I'm depositing it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally winning that the lottery. Was me, is the be, hey, I just lost four thousand dollars in Vegas. Can I get a loan? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we're in. We're 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 in the we're in the other side of the podcast now. Um, you know who wasn't so lucky? All the women in the small town in South Korea. Yeah, pretty much Damn. anybody in this small town in South. <laughs> and Korea. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this. This is based on true events. Not Ooh. entirely. It's a lot of it's fictionalized, but the murders did happen. Wow. In the eighties. No, I, I saw I saw and I, I it's South Korea's first serial killer. So there's some things uh, you uh, miss by maybe not looking up some things. Um, but but yeah, South Korea's first serial serial killer. South Korea was currently in a military dictatorship. I don't know if you could tell that during the film, mm-hmm. but they kind of show you a lot of stuff, you know, towards that. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot of yeah revolution kind of stuff or protesting going on in the film yeah. in the background. In the background, yeah. yeah. Um. So it, so I guess quick questions if. I'm going to fire some at you since you and see um, what you maybe do know or don't know if maybe we know answers to them or not. Um, so if it was based on a real serial killer, are some of the facts of the movie like raining the song, the red dress, or is that kind of all created that's by Bong Joon-ho? Great question. I think that's created for the story. Okay. And I say the story because the movie is actually based on a play, oh. a South Korean play that a lot of the actors in this film were the play actors, the original play actors oh. um, who got to put this on film. Yeah. That's usually such a good sign of a movie. I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. some of my favorite movies are like were really successful plays. Huh, that's cool. Okay, but th- that was hard to imagine to a play as a play. I'm sure that uh, like it's it's much more scaled down, and there aren't yeah. like the big set pieces type of deal. And it's more yeah, so I, just the I, I like detective. It's been stuff. expanded for the film, but yeah. I mean, it really, the play was about having three different suspects, and the mm. last of which being the one you're really sure is the one. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, they never caught the killer in South Korea. So, Damn. or did they? Well, that's so. That's the other thing I was going to ask you is like, um, in the real serial killer, did they catch him? In no. South so Korea? that so uh, in two thousand three, when the movie came out, they had not. They didn't know they had. They didn't know they had caught him. Okay, let's say it that way. Uh, when he looks into the camera, he at the end of the film, he is looking out into the audience at the killer who they think will be going to the film to see the film. Yeah, at that point in South Korea, I've, which mm-hmm. a cool great shot um and i love that moment at the end of the film powerful ending but what they didn't know was the guy had already been arrested for rape and was thrown in jail already uh, for a completely separate incident so how and And they didn't how did they they connect him how did they find out uh they did dna matching in 2019 whoa wow matched him positively to the murders damn that's crazy that is it is crazy uh, but the problem is, here's the even crazier thing. South Korea has a statute of limitations on – they had a statute of limitations on murders for 25 years. So they caught him – they DNA matched him after the statute of limitations was up. So they can't charge him for those murders. Oh, Jesus Christ. But he's already in jail for, like, life because yeah, of all the yeah. other stuff he did. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but that's yeah. still insane. I mean, They I, got yeah. rid of those laws because they were like, this is stupid. Uh, but they couldn't <laughs> grandfather – you can't – yeah. You can't grandfather someone into new yeah. rules, you know. Yeah. That's fucking wild. <laughs> they had never faced a serial killer before, so they thought, I don't know yeah. why you would put a limit on that, but for some reason they were just like, yeah, sure. That's an aspect of the movie years. that I kind of liked is that 
this all seemed very new and fresh to them. Like they were kind of, they referenced America a lot and they were just yes. like, uh, they're talking about the FBI a lot and they're talking about murder cases in America. And they're like, well, to do any of this, like to do any, uh, uh, DNA testing to do any of this, we have to send it all to America and have it. They have all the technology over there. We can't do anything here. So they kind of, yeah. it kind of felt like they weren't prepared for this in the movie at all, and they had no idea. And he, and and Bong Joon Ho, or not? I keep now. I'm going to be calling him Bong Joon Ho. Uh, what's the main character's name? Sark Duman. Yeah, I'm going to just say main character guy. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to butcher that name. He was kind of a dingbat in this film, and like as far as like a detective goes, <laughs> he was. Terrible. <laughs> he is, but he, I feel like at the. But I loved know, him. As the film goes on, you kind of come around on him, and he kind of comes around in terms of letting the suspect. Like the two detectives kind of go on opposite paths mm-hmm. throughout the film. One is driven crazy, and the other kind of realizes that the the guy might not be the suspect, and lets him go on the train tracks right at the end. Yeah, one of them starts crazy. Yes, and kind of comes to comes back to life and comes to like realization and kind of has a. Um, yeah, his head straight, and the other one starts with his head straight and gets driven absolutely insane, and that was yep. a really cool aspect of these two mm-hmm. guys. Um, I have one more real-life question. So in the real-life scenario, do you know if they actually had the culprit in custody during the investigation, or did he just never so. get... I don't think so. Look, I don't know that for a fact, but I don't think so. I will say mm-hmm. this. The fact that they DNA matched him, I think he had been a suspect for a little bit. Mm. Um, he was definitely someone they thought of. Um, but yeah, I don't know that they had him like that. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the ending of that film is really supposed to be they never really found the true guy. That's mm-hmm. the really interesting thing is when they were making the film and the play, mm-hmm. they still had never known. Yeah. And the fact that the, the girl says the guy just looked ordinary. Yeah, he looked plain, like anybody else. Well, and then, and then, yeah, with him staring into the audience, you're probably in the audience, like looking around. <laughs> yeah. like, the fuck? It's probably that guy. Especially at <laughs> a theater, yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. probably have a, a greater be effect. Terrifying. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I I think like I'm pretty sure I'm directionally correct at the very least in this. Like, I know like Japan and like a lot of Asian cultures, like they don't have serial killers. Like that's not really a thing that happens very often just for whatever reason like it's like america has lots of serial killers europe your europe has lots of serial killers the asian culture just is not prone to it for whatever reason so it's uh definitely you can tell that it's like like you said take new and it's also like jarring for the community well and i think i mean a lot of the scenes that um also tell that story or like uh, paint that picture are just Whenever there's a crime scene, they all fuck up the crime scene, and then like yes. like all the cops, all the forensics are late. Like, they're they're totally, especially at first, they're not taking the case very seriously. No, and like they they don't really know. Like I mean, they have a they have a footprint on the ground, and he takes a stick and like circles it in the dirt with a stick, and then it gets run over by a tractor, <laughs> and like he's like, God damn it! <laughs> so they just look like they don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. and later tries to plant evidence there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was okay. So I guess maybe we kind of just start to go through the suspects and the. Yeah. Well, let, let's do initial reactions real quick. Sage, oh, what yeah, did you right. think? <laughs> uh, I thought it was really good. Um, definitely better than Parasite. I'm trying to figure out if I'm overreacting on one detail. I don't. I'm trying to figure out if it's a thing that I just noticed or if it's a thing I actually don't like about the movie. You know how in soap operas, like it's just like 
waffles a lot like something seems like it's gonna go right and then it goes horribly wrong and then something seems like it's gonna go right and then goes horribly wrong like it's always just like always um, dramatic and oh i got a job oh no my husband's ex is at the same office oh but it's like this one it was like anytime they had an idea or there is uh an arrow pointing a certain direction there is some fallout that made that uh that uh stopped them in their tracks like their best point was when they had Quang Quango Quang mm. what was his name Quang Ho yeah Quang Ho um, yeah. the first when they suspects. had Quang Ho as the witness and then he you know anxious freaks out gets hit by a train I was like that's a little dramatic but you I'm know getting hit movie. by a train was shocking yeah that but that I think was that's a piece him committing suicide yeah. too because right before mm-hmm. then he mentions being burned by his father his father threw him on the flames mm-hmm. uh, he talks about that and. Uh, and how much it burned him. And mm-hmm. I think he was just ready to be over with it because he's just abused by everybody. He's yeah. he's abused by his family. He's abused by the system is how he feels. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and I think with all the, I mean, especially like right before he goes and does that, they're showing him the face of the, who they really the am convinced is the killer who he yeah. stared at. And so that, and like right after that is when he just runs and stands in the train tracks and is like, fuck all this. <laughs> like right. that's an example and then gets hit by train it's like wow okay so now they're really fucked and then yeah and then like the next big one is the uh then they get like you know oh we have a little bit of semen on the clothes we can do a dna test oh we won't get in time oh well we can like survey him oh he rapes and kills someone else and it's the girl oh we got the match like it's we're gonna get him oh it's a negative match i was just like you just kept wanting to see a win well, the waffling, it just kept being like, that's that's the part where I'm trying to figure out if I'm overreacting on that. It was just a little, it felt a little melodramatic to me. But maybe that's the point. Maybe it's supposed to be at the same time. It felt like they could get, I mean, Zodiac was kind of that way. But like, even with, even with Zodiac, uh, if I remember correctly, they had more breaks than they had fallouts. And, uh, it eventually, you know, they've eventually figured it out. I think that's the key of this one. The, the main difference is that it's hard to make a movie where they like get a win when in the actual true story, they never catch the guy. I think my problem is that they pretty much like if if we're going to not play what if games, we know that that last suspect was the guy like he sent in the postcards. He had the soft hands. He had military experience. He was very intelligent, educated, and he had also just moved there before the murder started happening. And he was an ordinary guy. And he was an ordinary guy. Like yeah. he literally, and they, so they had, they had not concrete evidence, but they had plenty of circumstantial evidence and they pretty much knew it. Like, you, you know, it's so when the, when the semen results came back as a negative match, I was like, or like inconclusive or something, whatever they said. No, it said no match on the paperwork. Oh. On the bottom right, it said no match. So that's where I'm like, how does that work? Because I, I, I do think, um, uh, sorry, I think no, Tate is right in the sense that the bottom of the page does say inconclusive. So mm-hmm. that there is kind of a little bit of wiggle room there, like maybe it is. Does it say uh, inconclusive? Yeah, I, it's, I paused it's just it in Reddit like, in the American text at the bottom. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I'm sure it does maybe say no match too, but it, it I does, think it's just or, like not a 100% match. Yeah. So like we can't. Like I paused it in Reddit quick. Conclusion. But 
I thought it was. I thought the general message was we can't say I, so that I think is the film him. is yeah. I think the film is a wanting you to believe that that's the guy and be frustrated that they can't arrest him, but also give you wiggle room to say that maybe it is, but they can't do anything about it currently. Exactly, and that's one of my. I mean, Sage, you nailed one of my favorite parts about the movie is because of this good t- detective, the guy that actually like has some experience and like is the one that is doing a really good job of tracking and uh, finding the guy and driving himself insane. Um, is such a believer in the documents. And he's like, the documents never lie. And he's just like, whatever the documents say is the truth. And then finally he comes to this crossroad where he is so set on this being true that when the document says it's inconclusive, that's like the last thing that breaks him where he's just like, I am going to lose my shit because I've had this, these like these two conflicting beliefs now um, of yeah, the documents never lie. Does. And this document is lying to me right now because I know yep. this is the killer. Yep, he literally does break and say this document's lying. Yeah, yeah. So if it's if it's inconclusive, that puts me to the side where I am overreacting. This was like because that that was the big one to me. You know, if it was that just a whole movie yeah. of flip flopping, and then it came to your only chance of conclusive evidence is a no, clear no match. I'm like, well, then what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like so is this not the guy? Because it it seems pretty clear. But if it was inconclusive, that is just a tragedy, and I- that is a good ending. Yeah. yeah, and that's the that's why I think this movie's ending is so good because it's like I was pissed, I was so frustrated, because um, I I so badly like I mean if I was and like I, I feel like I found myself siding with who I would be in this movie and like what kind of detective I, detective I would be, and I think yeah. I would definitely be the kind of guy where I'd be like if I got to that point and I was so convinced that it was him, I'd be like fuck this guy, I don't care about my career, I need to like I need to just yeah, I'd probably pull that trigger and be like fuck this guy. I'd, I can't go on living knowing that I caught him and let him go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. To, to bring back that up, the the last guy and the evidence against that guy that they actually had, like, none of that that you guys listed off, like, proved anything whatsoever. It could all be chalked up to coincidence, which is, I think, a very good job of this movie to, like, set it up where you're like, he is the one that did the songs. He is, the like, he's got soft hands. He's got the military experience. Those don't like actually matter. Like it's and, not like and, and let's it's be circumstantial honest, evidence, so it doesn't yeah. matter. But it's not concrete evidence. Let's be different. honest. The cops are totally one hundred percent correct in the sense that if he listened to that entire program that night, there's yes. no way he didn't hear a special yes. message being talked about his letters. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so he's basically and like that. Like they're right. It is him. Yes. No. Like, yeah. uh, but like they, they're but right. You have to like, have yes. You know, concrete evidence yeah. to convict someone. Yeah. So. yeah. And that's where like that's where this movie like melodramatic or not like they all of the ways that they could have booked him they weren't they fell just short and like and part of that's their own incompetence yeah you know the the footprint being run over and stuff like that well and and letting the the little uh, the first suspect the guy little kid um like letting him go kind of to be able to even be in that position like that kind of stuff like yeah they were a little they were just incompetent and also i think a little bit distracted by like this main like target that they didn't weren't seeing things clearly or weren't weren't making all the right moves but yeah it oh man so we just we went deep fast but i think Uh, that was a good take your initial reactions (laughs) right 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 this is this is going to be the the latest initial reactions i think you could tell that i like this movie a lot um yeah it was so good and yeah i mean i think Everything about it was amazing. Um, and I was, I felt emotion. I was very frustrated and hated 
the ending, but also at the same time loved the ending. And I didn't, wouldn't like kind of, um, it would like sometimes two happy of endings are not my favorite because obviously they're not realistic. Um, so, and hearing actually that this is a based on a true events and based on a play just boosts this for me. The, yeah. My initial reaction is I love this film. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely with you. The, uh, I, I thought it started out a little bit slow. I also, for whatever reason, my Apple TV plus account on my Roku TV, when I hit play on it, like on a movie or a show, sometimes it doesn't play. And it's like, sorry, connection error, but I can play anything else, any other app on my TV. So I did that with this one. Cause I, I rent my movies on Apple. Um, and it just wouldn't play. And it, got to be like 11 o'clock on Thursday night. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like, so I had to go to Amazon Prime and rent it on my mom's account. Um, so I started a little bit late. So maybe that's part of the reason why the beginning started out a little bit slow. I still like the beginning, but like once things like start like getting crazy, it's so good. Well, and that's, that's I think that it takes a very slow ramp. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do like too. Um, yeah. Is that it very slowly yeah, that- escalates to where in the last 30 minutes of the film, I felt like I was so locked in. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel like this is a type of movie where once you've, you know, the outcome, like rewatches, it might just get better and better. Garrison, you can that's a good, first that's a good lead into what was your initial and what was, what are your reactions every time you see it now? Uh, yeah. I mean, my initial, uh, was really strong. Again, I, I immediately recommended it to people right away. It was like, we need you need to see this so we can talk about this. Uh, and to this day, I mean, I, it's 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 either my second or third favorite film of all time. I mean, for me personally, I love the crap out of this film. And and look, if I were going to spend a lot of time on a, doing a project for a film, I hope that I love a film that much. But yeah, I it's it's yeah it's insanely good i own i think eight copies of it now or whatever uh i've spent way too much money i've got a vinyl of the the score which i love the score for this Mm. film it's so unique and and it's done by a japanese composer too i think it's like one of the only times they work together i kind of wish that guy and bong joon ho had worked together more but i also love the score for parasite too so anyway uh but yeah that's do you pick up new things every time you watch it or at That's this tough point, to say. I mean, you've seen it probably. I mean, I've literally had to watch the film frame by frame to do yeah. uh, subtitles. So I feel like maybe at this point I don't pick up anything new. <laughs> I didn't pick up anything new last night, but I did get refreshed on like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. One of the when the first time I watched it, I got freaked out. And I mean, like there, there's a scene where the woman with the flashlight is walking in the reed field and yep, the head to the, pops to the, up. Wait, are you talking about to the factory? With the, uh, in the rain? Yeah, when she's near the factory. Yeah. There's a head that slowly creeps up out of focus in the reed field. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I, I, was, saw that. I was kind of trying to keep my eye out for something like that because I was like, this is where they would do something like that. That freaked me out. I so didn't bad. see it. <laughs> God yeah. damn it. Now I'm going to go back and watch that right yeah, now. Yeah, I didn't see that either. It, that, that reminds that me of like me the out. when the guy pops his head up in Parasite. Yes. From the Very basement. Similar. That's, That's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in a film. Yes. Yeah. But wow, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna rewatch mm-hmm. and look for that because I feel like when she was doing her a lot of her pans, like looking around, I was like, they have to have was, s- like something in there. It's when she looks away, like you just yeah. see a head, and then she looks back the direction, and the head's like already yep, down. and it's it's out of focus too, so you can't see yeah. the face, but it's a yeah. face that pops up, and then the yeah. guy attacks her later on. So that's it's the same person. 
Yeah. That's it's not fuck, okay. Fucked. <laughs> it freaked me out the first time I saw it. Honestly, the next time it is raining and I'm walking outside, I'm going to be terrified. I think. Yeah, don't be wearing red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't yeah. be wearing red and don't be a girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be in Korea in 1980s. That, that's my advice either. for most people. Don't be a woman. <laughs> Your life's way harder. <laughs> um, But yeah, There's so... So I was what yeah. So if there's other things that like you like pick up on, but um, there, there's just a lot of great setup in this film. I love the reveals in this film. The 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 Kwang Ho stuff did not hit me at all. Like when it was happening in the moment, like when he's saying those things, I didn't. I thought he just rehearsed it with the other detective, just like mm-hmm. the Soul Cop did too. Yeah. And then when they hit you later on with, no, I didn't rehearse that with him. That's that's he's actually saying stuff that we didn't put out there. Uh, and he's re- recounting all these events of, of the actual murder. He's yeah. the witness. And you realize um, they kind of, uh, what do you call that, Easter egged it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When uh, the father said, oh, he's so like dumb. He always sleeps in the most ridiculous, strange places. Mm. And he was sleeping mm. in the reed field in like the hay bale, bale or whatever. Yeah, in, the, in like that hay bale. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... That it's uh, when I was that clicked, I was like, Oh shit, he was asleep and he like woke up and saw the whole thing. And no one would suspect him being there because he's, yeah, that was one of the weirdest scenes in the beginning of the movie. Because when they were interrogating him and they were like recording him and they're trying to obviously feed him dialogue and like obviously get him to confess to something he didn't do. Um, and he starts going into all this detail, but without them even needing to say anything. And they're both kind of sitting yeah. there like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah, this is exactly what we were looking for. And they're like, "Yeah, wow, he actually, maybe he did do it because he's going yeah. into all this detail. That's when mm-hmm. I was kind of like, no, like the, he, this guy definitely didn't do it, but this is weird. Like, I don't, I don't have an explanation for this yet. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad that when that scene came back up and they like re-listened to the recording, it was just, that's when it, yeah, it clicked for me obviously too at that point, but um that was so well done. Mm-hmm. The setup yeah. for the Band-Aid is really well done, too. Uh, him putting the Band-Aid on her in the nurse's office. And, yeah. like, that just means nothing to you in the moment. But then when you when she becomes one of the victims and he walks up on the scene oh. and you see the Band-Aid get peeled off, yeah. you realize it's that little girl. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't really see her face that well, but you realize it's that little girl through the Band-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he loses. That's when he snaps. That's when he yeah. snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do like the introduction of our two like main detectives. The guy's like just yeah. asking for directions, and the girl freaks out, and then he just rolls up and like, oh, that drop kick was awesome. Kicks him, kick. Drop kick, jump kicks him off the side of the hill. People are drop way, kicked like three times in this movie. He he did that jump kick for real. And yeah, it hurt the it hurt the crap out of the other guy apparently in real life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it looked legit. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, it came out of nowhere because like when he's just like, hey. Get off of her, blah, blah, blah. Like, you just think he's going to go mm-hmm. start talking and blah, blah, blah. But he just comes straight out of nowhere with the double heel kick to the chest. Yeah. And it was pretty funny in the car, too. And he was like, oh, for a detective, I thought you'd be a better fighter. <laughs> yeah. And then, then then the soul cop replies, how can a detective have such a bad eye for criminals? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what uh, he which, was, like, priding himself on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Earlier uh, on in the film, we see him priding himself on his shaman eyes yeah his shaman eyes yeah <laughs> what's Which the, we see the all the way towards the end where he looks at the final suspect and says i can't tell yeah that yeah that was the coolest scene for him 
because when he was like sitting there and he had him by like the throat or whatever, um, or he was having him on the ground and he was staring at him and like they paused in that moment and like focused on uh, that main character's face, the detective's face. And you could tell that like he was processing. And when he says, ah, I'm just not sure. That yeah. was like the defining moment of like, fuck, God, I want it to be him so bad, but everyone it, is just not I, quite there. I think it's a sign of maturity for his character too. Yeah, He's such yeah. a cocky and arrogant guy that he can just tell, he can look into your eyes and see that you're the criminal. Well, well I think this got really serious for him. Like yeah. in the beginning, it didn't seem like too serious for him. He was just kind of like, yeah. whatever, we'll just, we'll find somebody, we'll pin him for it and we'll be, we'll move on. Um, yeah. Because it's not a serial killer when it's one one body. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when I feel like by the end of the film, when he kind of he when he sees the other guy maybe going more crazy, he takes it more seriously. And when they have the witness and he actually feels like they have some traction on this and he gets more invested, that's when I think his maturity comes through. When I, you guys were saying earlier that one of the best parts of the movie was those twos. Um, what do you call that? Their, dynamic. Uh, they're, no, Chemistry. they're individual. Oh, <laughs> oh they're like, arcs. Yeah, oh. they're arcs, how they go in opposite directions. That definitely was easily one of the best parts of the movie. But it, it is strange how one of them goes from a fair place of uncertainty. Like, you know, the soul cop isn't convicted, mentally convicted on who it is or what it is. He leaves a lot of error to... Um, uncertainty and we need to solve this whereas um, the main character just is immediately con- like he's a convicted person basically like he ha- once he gets an idea in his head he's convicted to it and he needs to make sure that it's right but then they do transition like I mean that, that that's part of it too but that that's where uh, the eyes come in so well was because he the main character was such a convicted arrogant kind of soul and that was um, the metaphor of it was through his eye. Yeah. And then the other guy, he's like totally uncertain, but he, in a fair way, very mature, like you guys are saying. And then he becomes the convicted uh, mentally person and he becomes a mature one. And he, uh, yeah, I, that was the eyes thing was when you said that was, yeah, that, that was a fantastic aspect that I caught in the movie. I really liked the scene in the quarry when he sees the guy's underwear. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, okay, have ever have line up all those guys and he's like looking at them all and it, he's like, it's that one and the yeah. other detective. Yeah, wait, grabs his face and looks yep, into yep, his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he like and, and then he throws him and he's just kinda like, Yep. And then the guy and he just like gets his wingman, his Robin to his Batman. And the guy just yeah. also comes in with a flying kick. I <laughs> love how he just comes in flying. Yeah, <laughs> comes with a flying heel. That was that was awesome and hilarious how he just be like God, <laughs> that guy. They they all love to kick in this film. But, and after 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 the soul cop goes over and checks the underwear and like kind of looks back and he's astonished. Yeah, that he's just shocked. He, he can't believe that the guy caught him. Yeah, yeah. Even though he saw the underwear, is what yeah. we know. Yeah. The role of the pervert is really strange. Like I did yes. not see that coming. Yeah. Um, it's a guy who gets off on 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 the crimes and on the murders and rapes, but isn't the killer. He's just mm-hmm. a sick individual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's where uh, that uh, again, like for all of these introductions to the first two suspects that they had were so weird to me. Like the introduction to the first one, where you're clearly like, this guy didn't do it. Um, like right off the bat, you're like that. But then it gets 
you get very curious when he has that monologue. Um, and then the second one, the pervert, it's very curious because he comes to the murder spot in the middle of the night, lays down like, like he's, he looked like in my head, I was just like, holy shit, this is the guy. And then I was like, no, but it can't be. I was just like, he wouldn't do this. And I was like, but is this the guy? Is it not? And, and so like it, they did a really good job of keeping me very much on the edge of, is this him? Is this not him? And then like when it slowly gets more and more revealed that, no, this is just a sick pervert. Um, and they, they even had one line in there. They were like, um, they're like, oh yeah, these like the sick perverts are always just like the normal people or something like that. Like when, ones you'd never expect, but, um, Anywho, the, the introductions to him kept me very intrigued and curious. And that whole, like, once we get to the, the second guy, the, the pervert mm-hmm. is Garrison, I, which is a good name for him. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's when I did, like, the meme where, like, the guy sits up playing video games and, like, sits forward. Yeah. Like, I was like, wait, what's happening in this movie? Like, this movie is, like, it seems like it's about, like, to get re- yeah. really good. Well, and you, right before then, so you get the disaster of the Kwong Ho stuff. It, it ends and like the police department is disgraced. Uh, they look stupid. Uh, there, there's, you know, you get shown newspapers with headlines where they're clearly getting trashed in the papers after taking these heroic photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then the whole time, the soul cops telling them not to do all this stuff um, because he is the more mature one at that time. But uh, I don't know if you guys noticed this. There's a switch in chiefs at that moment. Yeah. Um, a new chief steps in. And they don't really say anything. Huh. It's just kind of shown, uh, walking up with the newspaper, looking at the disgraced uh, headlines, and then coming in the office and being uh, told the facts about the case. That's I thought when, they did say oh. something. That's when they Song Kang-ho... I, I, I did not notice that. I They don't say anything overtly, I don't think. Um, okay. Is that when he has like what, the, the... What Sage said in the intro? Maybe a little bit of a racism there on my part. I did not know they were different people. Well, look, the first time I watched the film, I didn't notice the new chief. I'll be completely honest because the new chief takes over the film like 20% of the way into the movie and he's there for 80% of the film, whatever. Uh, What happened, I believe, real life story was, this is not case, this is movie. Uh, They had a guy and I think he either got sick or, or had another project, one of the two, and had to leave. And so they brought in a new guy and just made it work within the story so that, you know, the department gets disgraced and they bring in a new chief to head up the, the, uh, the investigation. Yeah, there is, I, I definitely did not catch that. Um, and I, I, I can't, yeah. I can't even tell you who was the chief in the first 20% of the film, but, um, <laughs> he was the guy with the glasses. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't help. <laughs> no, it doesn't help. He's well, the one that takes the picture with him on the stairs. Yeah, he's the one that yeah, takes the Yeah, I mean, I remember the picture, I thought, but I can't remember his face. I still thought they were the exact same person. For some yeah. reason, I and feel the like they chief. said that there was a new chief. Well, but the new chief is, he's a lot more receptive to the soul cops ideas than, than the rural cops oh, yeah. ideas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so there's a lot of differences between the two to make you notice they, I think them, they showed but, a headline that said, shake up in the police department. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, so I, I didn't know. I was like, yeah. "Oh, okay, something." It doesn't explicitly say this is yeah. a new guy, but yeah. you know, yeah. Well, and um, going off of uh, that, <laughs> the kind of changes in the de- or the differences in the detectives and the changes in the processes that they and who they follow. Um, mm-hmm. It was very funny to me. Like, so in the very like in the first twenty percent, they're going off of just this, uh, yeah, whatever the the crazy detective at the beginning his name is and. Um, all of his crazy methods of just trying to pin him 
they're like trying to make him dig a hole and trying to make him like confess yeah. all this shit and then uh play, take his sneakers from his house and all of the shitty methods just to get the case done and then the next one i think like the one that kind of is the turning point for him and they're not following his rules was when he was like oh he's like it's a pubeless or it's like a hairless <laughs> it's, it's a, a hairless a baldy. Man. Yeah, it's a baldy. Yeah, a baldy. <laughs> yeah well, and, and yeah, pubeless is I think is supposed to be the point there uh, because he keeps checking out the crotches. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I liked how he did yeah, his own that, research. That comes as they're explaining to the new chief all the stuff, and the the woman brings up the letters, and he's like, "Well, well what about my theory?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I think it's a guy that used to be a monk or is a monk." <laughs> yeah, and we got a monastery or a monk, you know, thing next <laughs> yeah. door. But they, like this movie had like that little bit of comedy where I chuckled when he was like in the in the bathhouse or whatever, and mm. he was just like sitting there watching every guy walk by, <laughs> just to, like yeah. I and the locker room he's like hey, and he's like oh never mind. Yeah, his well, obsession there, with finding the hairless killer is hilarious. Yeah, to me. Mm-hmm. and there was one like boy that walked by and he kind of went like <laughs> he almost like considered it. Yeah, he was like well, <laughs> he keeps his eye on the boy and then like thinks about it. Like you can see the yeah. thought process happening on his face. It's great because <laughs> he's so convinced. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Well, and, and the I think the the other cop, the seal cop shows like his expertise when he's just like there's a third body out there um and they're all yeah. like what and he was just and like, like yep. no that girl was always going to end up in seoul she moved away she went to the big city wow is it She's Seoul? you've life. said that a couple times i always said seal it's oh seoul. my god it's sold tate oh yeah i, <laughs> I almost made that seoul. joke earlier because sage said the soul of this guy and i was like you mean the seal <laughs> but no it's it's soul oh um seal seal <laughs> but yeah so he was so like yeah they said that she was like oh she's already oh, gonna move to seoul um she's not dead she's she's yeah. fine <laughs> and how wrong they were about that that plays yeah. into the whole serial killer like the first serial killer thing though because the ignorance I think to... it kind of marks her as the first victim too if i if i'm thinking about the timeline yeah. correctly yeah well yeah. i think based on when she went missing yeah I don't think they know exactly when she was killed, but she may have been the first victim of the yeah, and they didn't know yet. Yep, um, and and just how he was just like yeah, I I I can track her if you give me two days, um, I can find her. So that like he he definitely is the more experienced and professional cop, um, and yeah, and needed for this case clearly. The uh, the the scene with the girl, the survivor girl, yes, um, the woman who lived, yep. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, that was very intense. That's a great. It's a great scene though because she just she's recounting it to the woman cop because that's the only one she'll speak to, uh, and and she's t- telling her the reason I lived is because I didn't look at him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's like I mean when again that would have been someone that they could have used to help pin the suspect, mm-hmm. but they, and they were that close. And like the, the and the reason why they couldn't is so legit, like yeah, yeah. And that's that's another one that's set up throughout the film too. Her her presence. They're talking about the murderer being in the outhouse, but then the little girl, after they talk about the murderer being in the outhouse, the little girl goes, "Oh no, it's a woman," and she's crying in the outhouse or whatever. And then he goes to check out the outhouse uh, later on in the film when they're talking about that again. And the nurse talks about a woman he she heard crying. Uh, out there and then points him to the house 
Yeah, there's a lot of good setup for that stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a point in the movie where I thought it was going to take a crazy. I didn't know it was based on a true story, and I thought it was going to take a crazy twist that um, it wasn't a male that was doing all of this mm-hmm. because when they when they kind of said a few of those things, like at the very beginning, they were like, "Oh, it's the the killers out in the outhouse," and blah blah. It'll get just like it'll get you, and they're like, "Oh no, that's a woman that lives in the outhouse." I was like, interesting. And then, but the one that clicked for me is when the woman was like, "Yeah, his touch was as soft as a woman's hand." Um, I was like, whoa, is this about to like take a full twist where they're not even looking at the right demographic? Hmm. Um, that's the way that I thought the movie might've gone, but that would, that would be an interesting twist for an original film for sure. Yes, mm-hmm. for an original film, but when based yeah. on true events. Directed yeah. by Andrew Tate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't really know. Oh, so one other thing that I was thinking about was in the last murder, um, when they're surveying him, he gets away and you see the girl walking down the path and there's the other girl walking down the path the opposite way and they kind of mm-hmm. look at each other, cross paths and you see him, like from his perspective, watching both of them. Yep. What do you guys think the point of that was to show I think he was initially watching the older lady and I think that was supposed to be kind of a shock. Like he would go after the little girl uh, because at this point it had all been women that he had raped and killed. Yeah. Uh, which isn't good, obviously, but yeah. but a little girl is taking it to a next level. And I, uh, I think it's also another part of that is like just like the not not randomness, but like the like that other girl like lucked out. And like that was that someone else like was that in type the of thing. Am, like, I, am I right? It's been a while. Oh man. I mean, I watched it last night, but now I'm thinking, was the little girl wearing red? Wasn't she wearing red? See, that's no, what she was I... wearing her school uniform. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was like white. She wore red earlier coat. in the film. Yes, the and the one that... Um, okay. That was also interesting because the red thing kind of went away. Yeah, it did. Because that yeah, one yeah. gal was going to put on the red coat. That's and probably because he realized they were getting, they were catching on. Yeah. He's still going to do it, so... Yeah. The uh... Well, and that was one that I wasn't ever really... Like they had all these theories. Yeah. That one yeah. was never like for sure confirmed. Um, yep. Like they were just like, oh yeah, the first two were wearing red. They never like that. Yeah, I, I think that that was something that was yep. pitched as an idea, and it didn't end up maybe being an actual thing of his. Like that they yeah. had to be wearing red. Um, it was maybe just a, a wrong path that they were going down. But well, yeah, I get, there is a point and there's a scene in the movie where they address that the when the woman that got killed when his her his head popped up in the reeds. She took she off a red coat. She originally went to put on a red coat and then yeah. took it off and wore yep. a different coat. So the red doesn't, yeah, completely track. Yeah. Okay. Well, and but the other ones, which, yeah, God bless that detective lady for even bringing any of those up because she was basically the savior of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But the other two were, the, the, were right and they were spot on of In the Rain and the song. Sad letter. Sad letter. Yes. Which, which I kind of want to listen to that song. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe not right exists. now, as long as it's not raining. Okay, it's not raining. We're good. <laughs> I also liked uh, when they said the radio station was a bit disorganized. Uh, I can understand yeah. that. <laughs> I, I can relate to that as well. <laughs> thought that was funny, but yeah. And when they printed out the sheet of everything they played, I was like, oh, God, I can just picture myself like having to like print that out, and it would just be such a pain. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a pain in the butt. Yeah. Good lord. I think yeah, this uh, sad letter. I think it's an actual song, and I think it yeah. was made for this. Oh, was it? 
Uh, it says memories of murder, sad letter. Um, that makes sense. I mean, I think it, I think it is a song that exists now. Yeah. But whether it was made for the film or not, I don't know. That would make sense though. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we haven't even talked about that we sometimes normally touched on as far as like acting and score and things like that, which you, oh. you mentioned score. You loved yes. and it was really good. I mean, the intense, the ones that, that I noticed it the most are in the intense scenes. Like when she was when in the field running after yeah. the pervert, that's what kicks on really hard there. That's yeah. a great. And the, when it really like jolted me was when it was the lady that we were talking about with the umbrella in the field where you said like the head pops up for a second and it's very like quiet for a long time. And all you can kind of hear is the rain and mm-hmm. she's looking around. And then all of a sudden when she kind of realizes that she might be in danger and she just sits and she starts and she bolts and starts running, it goes dun, 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 and like that drum beat came on and, he, and I was Ah, that was intense. And he pops up out of the reed field. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so the, the score was, I mean, I, I'm not sure. That's something that I'll have to pay attention to more when I rewatch this, because I think that it's something I didn't keep an eye out for, keep, keep an ear out for. Yeah. And I think the acting's brilliant in this oh, film. The acting was uh, so good. This is song, uh, this is, sorry, this is Bong Joon-ho's second film, but like his first major film in South Korea. And I mean, the the work for such a young director is phenomenal. Uh, How old I, was he when he did this? Because it was 2003 or 2000. Yeah, I don't remember exactly his age. I've looked that up before, but let me see. Bong Joon-ho in 2003. Whatever his age is, minus 20. He was born in 1969. Yeah, so he was 34 years old. Um, but it was the second film. Uh, and yeah, he was on fire at that point. And the, the, the crazy thing about that is like people nowadays in mainstream, they know about parasite and, uh, and I loved parasite when it came out. I still love it. Um, but memories of murder still has not been topped for me on his filmography. I, it's just a different level of filmmaking. This is better than parasite yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, agree. I agree. I didn't think parasite was like incredible, but this mm-hmm. was, yeah, this is very, very, very good. Parasite yeah, was I, phenomenal, but I think it was more of a, it was a fun movie more than mm-hmm. like this was like, th- that one had a lot of like, uh, kind of quirks and weirdness to it that kind of made it more like kind of happy go lucky throughout most of it. <laughs> and then it gets really yeah, dark. I, I, I'm definitely more in the camp of like parasites, a very good movie, but it's not like this elite thing that like everybody kind of chucks it up to be. And like, it won a lot of Oscars, maybe deservingly so with like the competition that year. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it won a lot of Oscars. And there's movies that are better than it that did not win a lot of Oscars. That's because Oscars are a sham. But the most <laughs> uh, nominated film that year was Joker. And honestly, mm, I it won it won, it won one award. Yeah. I don't know why I got so many nominations. <laughs> yeah, I am curious to see what Parasite was up against because I, yeah, I uh, love Parasite. Up 1917. Uh, the war movie uh, it was up against Jojo Rabbit, Joker, mm. um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that's that's your biggest. So far, comp- yeah, so far it's definitely blowing all those out of the water. Your biggest competition within the voters of the Academy was 1917. Yeah, that was which makes sense. One that was going up against. So. Yeah. I still like it that's more than not a great movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I didn't love it. Yeah, I, I not to get into that too much, but I remember everyone was like, "It's one shot, it's one shot," and then I got really mad because I saw it and there's a literal cut in it, and I was like, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. so overrated. Yeah, that it's movie kind of overrated. So overrated. I, I need to rewatch it because I've only seen it the one time in theaters, and I own no, it on 4K. I need to, I need to rewatch it. <laughs> it was um, fun. Anywho, I like once upon I do a time think... in Hollywood more than this, or more than Parasite. I do think that this is my favorite. 
now. Um, yeah. Function for sure. So that might be a good, yeah. Just segue. His filmography is pretty good. I'll say that. Yes. I, I definitely want to watch. I mean, I think, yeah, these are the two that I've seen by him. I think mother is his third best, uh, Korean film. Yeah. So behind parasite and memories, um, He's got two American films in Snowpiercer and uh, Okja. Okja is his worst film. <laughs> it's a Netflix film. I kind of want. It's not bad because oh, okay. it's not bad because it's a Netflix film, but it's just not good. Yeah, <laughs> you can say it's bad because it's. Yeah, Netflix. I think that's fair. Well, that's I mean, fair. it's part of the reason, but it's literally his worst story. I, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Song Kang Ho. Like, I want to see him in more stuff. Like, I need to watch more of his stuff. Like, he's got a you charisma should, about him. It, yeah. You should watch. Um, the Taxi Driver, I think it's called, um, which is not at all to do anything to do with. Uh, okay. Um, but it's it's about it's kind of about the military dictatorship that was happening in South Korea around that time. And, it's, <laughs> <laughs> and a, a taxi driver who drives a German reporter into a literal um, like massacre that's happening. Uh, the government doesn't want people to see, where they're literally shooting a bunch of civilians, uh, which is a real story as well. Wow, um, and it's it's actually pretty sad and and real. Uh, the the German, I think, uh, reporter went back there and tried to find the taxi driver, but he never could. Mm. I think they eventually found him after he died. They found his relatives, but yeah, it's a pretty good film. Which we I, I know we did touch on this at the very beginning, but yeah, the background unrest in the society is mm-hmm. very clear and also a kind of cool aspect of this movie. Yeah, I love that that scene with the where they're throwing the stuff at the tank and uh, Inspector Joe, who's his Robin, as you guys were saying, yeah. is like stomping people in the middle of the street. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was a sad thing for him. The... Oh, losing his leg. Yeah, tetanus. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a crazy scene. Him with that board. Yeah. yeah, but it's also kind of his fault because he's continually going, "No, I'm fine. I'm fine, guys." Well, yeah. and that whole brawl was dumb in his fault. So. Yeah. Yes. I will be yeah. honest, it kind of scared me because last weekend I got hit with some barbed wire. Not hit with, but I, I was taking down a barbed wire fence on my arm. And I was like, oh, God, have I had my tetanus shot? And I was like, I, I had. After after he lost his leg, I was like, am I going to lose my arm? At least it's above the elbow. So yeah. you uh, can keep most of your arm, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Below mm-hmm. the knee. It's 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 right at the elbow. They'd have to take ah, it up, off above it. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I don't have anything else to talk about, I don't think. Um, yeah, but if you want to talk about the, the maturity and growth from the characters, mm-hmm. right after, in that ha- in the hospital scene, uh, when, when Song is talking to the soul cop, is like, have you ever seen anything like this before? And he rips out the pages and says, you know, that was all trash. It was worthless. Um, uh, we see uh, some growth from Song's character in that scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's talking to the cop one on one, I totally lost my my exact uh, <laughs> sentence that I had in my head. But I promise you, if you watch that scene back, you'll you'll be like, okay, yeah, that the character's starting to think differently in that yep. scene. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I need to rewatch. Uh, yeah, there's a couple scenes that I'm definitely gonna go back and rewatch. The head popping up in the field. That's gonna be a good way to start oh, my day. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to watch that scene again. That's scary. I'll me. tell you, I, after I watched it, like, and I knew it was coming after I've seen it the first time, it doesn't freak me out anymore because yeah. I know it's there. Oof. But yeah, crazy. It caught me off guard the first time I saw the film. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I, I don't got anything. I think let's just go and some nope. scores. On that well, stage? Well, no, I was just going to say if I can give my scoring, get out of here. before, Like yeah. after the aggregators and then yeah. and say goodbye to Garrison. Yep, for sure. Um, already from the aggregators, an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb, a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, and an 82 on Metacritic. Metacritic is a sham sometimes. What <laughs> was the one we just watched before this? Uh, 310 to Yuma? Cool Hand mm-hmm. Luke? Cool Hand Luke. They gave Cool Hand Luke like an 89. Yeah, that's the worst smart, score I've ever seen score. in my life. That's just, what a good Sage, score. Sage, you gave it a 54. You're, you it, have no room well to deserved. talk. No, well deserved. No, you're an idiot. I missed the Metacritic for this one. <laughs> uh, 82. Okay. That's really I low. usually like Metacritic scores. Like they're, the, they're, they're pretty good, but sometimes they're crazy. They're bipolar. Sometimes well, they, they are on try, point, and sometimes they're way off. They just try to weight scores, and I don't really like it. I don't love Rotten Tomatoes either, but at least it's like, okay, 70% of people said that they liked it, and 30 said they didn't. I mean, that's basically what it is. Yeah. yeah. I think they're all, clearly they're all idiots, and we know everything, so that's... <laughs> our scores are true. Yeah. Real. Metacritic's dumb. Um... I'm going to give this a 93. It was a very, very, very good movie. I think it was going to be in the 80s if my whole melodrama coin flip went the wrong way. But I think knowing that it was more um, inconclusive at the end, not negative, that makes it, that at least cleans that mess up for me in my head. Um, Acting was incredible. Score is incredible. Directing was really good. Story was fantastic. I mean, there's no real faults to it. I mean, there are probably ways it could have been better. I don't know what they are. Um, and it wasn't like a five star for me, but it's a very, very strong four and a half stars. So 93 out of 100 for me. It could have included more drop kicks. If it had more <laughs> drop kicks, it easily would have been 96. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go with a 91. That's a couple points higher than Parasite. Um, I thought it was just a very, very good movie. Uh, and definitely one that I want to rewatch at some point soon. Yeah, and Garrison, I'll, I'll go before you and let you finish. Um, I think it's pretty clear for you guys. This is going to be obvious for you all, but 95 for me. This is definitely in the top 10, top, maybe top five. I don't know. Definitely top 10 of the movies we've watched in this podcast for me. Um, yeah, and it's incredible. Loved it. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, I said it's either my second or third favorite film of all time. I'm going to give it a 98 because I don't know that I give anything 100 personally. Um, but yeah, it's right up there. Yeah, it, it it really is incredible. And like, it's, yeah, it's it's an awesome movie. Good job, Tate. <laughs> um, I don't know what we're going to do for our next episode, but we'll figure it out at some point. Um, and I'll come back in and edit it out. Okay, so the plan for the next episode is actually going to be to have a bit of a state of cinema discussion. I think we're going to be inviting some special guests on. And if you're listening to this before, um, within the first couple days of release, I think Wednesday night, the 16th of August, we will actually be live on our YouTube channel for it as well. Um, I haven't told Tate that, and Sage may not be on this episode We'll just see, but we're going to have some awesome guests on like we always do because our guests are the best. Like, again, thank you, Garrison, for joining me. Maybe he'll be making a back-to-back appearance. Maybe we'll have Michael Nip. Who knows? I haven't even approached these guys as of this recording, so we'll just see what happens. We're going to do a little state of cinema, what uh, movies are making big bucks at the box office, um, which movies aren't, what types of movies they are. That type of thing is the whole 
idea. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it doesn't suck. Hopefully we don't sound like idiots. Who am I kidding? We always sound like idiots. Anyways, back to the wrap up stuff. All right. So that's an average score of 94. If you would, oh, I'm sorry, Garrison, how can people find you? I was about to go into my whole spiel. Um, uh, you could find me on Twitter at grifen3. I'm going to call it Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well at that. Uh, you can find me on Letterboxd at grifen. Uh, and you can find me on Tuesdays at the Deucecast Extra on YouTube, 10 p.m. live every Tuesday. You can also watch it afterwards. Um, I recommend watching that sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. always recommend watching. <laughs> usually it's fun. Yeah, usually it's fun. And sometimes it's about the topic that we're supposed to Yeah, discuss. sometimes it's about the topic, exactly. It's derailed a lot. Also, I like how tweets are now like the Kleenex of tissues. It's like Well, they're not tweets anymore. I know, they're, but they're, posts. That's but I'm I will forever call them tweets. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's exactly. Like, it, that's yes. The, what a dumb Yeah. You don't reinvent the wheel. That's like no. I call Advil for like a lot of things. I'm just like, yeah, give me Advil. Yeah. Like, you know what like, I mean. Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not everything not every Band-Aid, tissue is a that matter. Yeah. 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 We talked about band-aids in this mm-hmm. this film. Yeah. It's a bandage. Um all right. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can uh, shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter slash X slash whatever Elon was wanting to call it on that given day at gd4gd.movies, Instagram gd4gd underscore movies. Um, leave us a five star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever podcatcher takes ratings and or reviews. And if not, there's a lot of dark ones. Okay, let's try and find out a dark one. I'll drop kick you in the chest. Damn it. Ha <laughs> ha. That's literally all I had in my head. <laughs> you should have gone for it. I know. Or also swing a paddleboard with a nail in it. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit you with a tray. Too dark. <laughs> all right. We'll catch you next week at the movies. He's looking at you, kid. Beginning of a beautiful friendship. Hollywood. Remember, it's bold in terms of jerking people around, but I may have gone too far in a few places. Hey, everybody, we're all gonna get late. Doing a bright and early review. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about memories of murder. Yeah. I'm so jealous of Garrison being in the Eastern time zone right now. <laughs> yeah. 10 a.m., baby. That's money. I like the 9 a.m., but 10 a.m. is even better. Yeah. It, it only sucks when they do, like, premieres at, like, 3 a.m. Pacific time. Mm. That's when the East Coast sucks. Well, yeah. the East Coast sucks probably for, like, sports, evening sports. <laughs> like, Sunday night football starts at, what, 8.30? 
Yeah, it's not fantastic if you got a job. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, because it goes um, till almost. Midnight. I definitely don't put, watch any Pac-12 or Mountain West after dark. That kind of stuff. That's yeah. just yeah. Yeah, that's where mountains I think at the advantage because like I feel like the West Coast has like starts way too early. <laughs> My gosh, sorry. Um, starts way too early, but mountain that extra hour the mountain has on the West Coast is just a little bit better. Because like football starting at ten a.m. would be crazy on Sundays. Yeah. Noon is, is, I like noon. Yeah. 11 and noon are like central in the middle. Yeah. Mountain and central are pretty good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, actually, that's, we need to talk about that. I may be completely absent for next week because I'm camping until Tuesday and then I'm backpacking Thursday through Sunday. So Wednesday. I would need to watch it Tuesday night and then, fuck you. I'll deal, we'll deal with that later. I need to go. <laughs> Garrison, out. Okay, bye, good to talk to you. Good to I talk gotta to go. you. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he gets so stressed about not having enough time to do anything. I'm like, yeah. you got a whole day right there. 